Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast about children's development from the Center for Inclusive Childcare. Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast from the Center for Inclusive Childcare. I'm Priscilla Weigel, the Executive Director, and I'm here again today with our really great partner, Sarah Hawley of Minnesota Childcare Health Consultants. She's a public health nurse. She supports childcare providers um, across the state in really implementing all of the necessary health and safety procedures that childcare needs to follow. And so we had a great conversation in part one of our podcast episodes by really talking about how do you get all of your staff on the same page with health and safety procedures, making sure that people are providing healthy and safe care in a consistent manner manner so that it will decrease illness, decrease a lot of really scary stuff, and um, make sure that everybody, you know, feels good about the environment and the children stay healthy and then families stay healthy. So great to have you back, Sarah. Yeah, thanks for having me back. This is a good conversation. It is. And I'm excited. I'm sorry, go ahead. What were you going to say? I was going to say it's very timely. So Yes, it is very timely. That is for sure. Um, For part two, I think what we were hoping to accomplish is to really dig in a little bit more on, you gave a great example in part one of diapering and how that has so many different steps and how it's really important to make sure that everyone's following those steps. Um, And really, when you think about the childcare setting and the challenges of training people on the multitude of procedures that are necessary to know, what are some things that you have seen and learned over time on really um, successful ongoing training for folks in a childcare setting? Right. And successful ongoing training is going to be key to keeping everyone on the same page, keeping right. up with all the health and safety procedures. So you can't just onboard them and be done. Um, so I mentioned ongoing training at our earlier discussion in part one. Um But licensing does have specific ongoing training requirements as well. But even beyond those, it's important for staff um, the way they get their training. So periodic assessment of practices, such as with those diapering practices we talked about, is super important. It helps to continuing, uh, excuse me, to continue monitoring compliance with correct health and safety procedures to make sure that no bad habits have been formed. You know, so maybe... They start their position in, you know, January and you've had them read through all those health and safety procedures. They've shadowed a staff person. They've showed that staff person they can demonstrate the correct procedures, but you don't want to have it in there. We always need to go back and to do periodic reassessments and reinforce training so that those steps continue all the correct steps like Mm -hmm. we mentioned in diapering. Um, so I would say one way to go about this is to commit in planning um, staff meeting days and training days. So to really make an investment in the staff's training. Mm-hmm. Um, staff meetings could be used for learning and development rather than just business announcements. Sure. Um, you know, maybe focus time with hands-on, lear- meaningful learning experiences. Walk through procedures as a reminder to staff. Use the you know, interactive training pro- um, approaches to supplement just reading through policies and watching videos, that is going to help to verify the content that Mm -hmm. it's been learned and that it's being practiced correctly. Um, And then the other thing is to let staff have a say in what they, you know, need to learn and want to learn. 
Um, and it's, you know, it's one thing that what do they want to learn, but really doing that needs assessment, like, okay, what do you need training on rather than just the, um, maybe director and assistant director planning that, um, training, but let staff mm-hmm. kind of buy into it and have, have a buy-in, have a say in what they want to learn. Um, and then I would also say it's always really important to think about the why of why you're training because so much with ongoing training, I think could be, Oh, you know, we don't have time for that or we're short staffed or let's yeah. cancel that, you know, meeting if, you know, a lot of centers that will do a staff meeting once a month, you know, on a Tuesday evening and you think, Oh, we've mm-hmm. been working long, hard hours. Let's cancel that. Um, but really it's just committing to that ongoing training does take time. It takes energy and really it takes money. You know, sometimes, yeah. you know, if you have to pay the staff for the mm-hmm. training time, but the why behind it is super important. Um, you know, just for several reasons, I would say, first of all, health training for childcare staff protects the children in care. It protects the staff as well as the families. Yeah. Um, so infectious disease control, we talked about in part one, um, but that in childcare helps prevent the spread of illness so that staff must be knowledgeable about it. You know, they've got to have a good foundation on it. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got to be practicing it. Outbreaks and in infectious diseases. And we talked about with diapering with intestinal parasites in young children yeah. and childcare have been shown to be associated associated with community outbreaks. Mm-hmm. So um, I keep going back to that diapering. It's sort of the hot topic for whatever reason on this yeah. um, on this podcast. But we know that poor diapering techniques do lead to illness outbreaks. So these health policies and practices are super important. And then one other thing on this research does show that staff members who are better trained and are better able to prevent, recognize, and correct health and safety problems and that the training and education of staff is a specific indicator of child care quality. Mm-hmm. So it's super yeah. important. Yeah. That's for sure. And I love what you said about having the, the encouraging the staff to say what they feel they need the training on, because as you said, you know, you, you can make a plan and you know the list of what needs to be ongoing. And so kind of going through the motions of checking those boxes mm-hmm. may not really get you the quality care that you're looking for, because there may be a few of those topics that are ongoing that people get just like that. And it's just really easy, but then there might be the ones where there's a lot of breakdown and there's a lot of challenges. I know we've talked about diapering. Are there other things that you feel people tend to have a difficult time really getting as far as those policies and procedures, any topics that you feel? Um, Well, one thing right now is with, you know, we're in a pandemic. So with COVID, the guidance changes all the time. So, you know, what are the isolation, the current isolation um, requirements? What about quarantine? What is the proper guidance right now? You know, what is MDH saying um, right now, as opposed to last month? Because, you know, as research goes on and the science evolves, they learn more and more and the guidance changes. So keeping up with that, it's, you know, it's hard. And I think a lot of times the director and the assistant directors will learn that information and maybe, you know, you kind of snow it over because you hear it all the time and you pass along right. to staff, but then the staff really can bring up good things because it's like they're dealing with the child who's, you know, maybe mom or sibling has COVID and, you know, they're the yeah. contact. And once you get into it, it really causes you to think like, oh, okay, let me look back at the guidance and all of that stuff. So mm-hmm. just continuing to keep staff up to date on that and revisit things and then take scenarios like case by case, I think is 
really super important and helpful for everyone. And that even happens with my own staff, you know, the, the COVID guidance just changed again, you know, with MDH after they updated according to the CDC, but you know, there's some caveats with childcare. And so, you know, you kind of look over it and you think, yeah, I got it. But then, you know, when specific cases come up, it's like, Hmm, let me look at that. I got to think about that. So I think just having an open dialogue and being really on top of things um, is is just really important and, and necessary. It's, you know, you really can't do it any other way. That's true. And you know, as you're talking though, Sarah, and, and one thing that I think I've been, you know, I've been mindful of throughout this entire pandemic is in a childcare setting, we have had re- health and safety requirements in place for so long. Mm-hmm. You know, like how do we disinfect surfaces? How do we disinfect floor uh, uh, toys? You know, how do we exclude children when they have an illness? What's the procedure? So it's it's a mindset that I think is really common in childcare. And so those extra changes and, and, and the mindset has been pretty strict and, and has stayed in place. So the, the throwing people part is the constant change. I think that, you know, the pandemic requirements and those guidelines, it's, it's really hard to stay on top of it. So I, I really think that, you know, the more people can support each other, in, you know, like with the healthcare consultant saying, mm-hmm. well, you're the experts in it. And when you're saying, oh my gosh, I've got to stop and think about this because this is an individualized case. It's a lot. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of energy. But the, the good thing is providers don't have to do it on their own. They can, you know, there's supports in place, The you know, reaching out to the health department too, you know, which I'm sure you all are doing, but it's something that the health department is encouraging all of us to do when there's questions, it's better to ask the question than to just say, hmm, here's my guess on how right. to handle it. Yeah. And that's what they're there for. And they, you know, they have people dedicated for, you know, child care programs and dealing with COVID. So, and yeah. COVID is tricky too, because so many of the symptoms mirror other common childhood illnesses that we right. see in child care all the time, all the respiratory illnesses. So you really just kind of have to walk through it on a case by case basis and look at the guidance and when in doubt, refer to the child care health consultant or Minnesota Department of Health is great too. So yeah, right. And and tr- hopefully our listeners will engage with us on this topic because I'm really curious, and I I think we'd be curious at the CICC to to learn if you think about you know all these ongoing trainings. Is there a topic that you feel is the most challenging to really get everybody on the same page? Um, we'd be interested to know that. So certainly reach out to us and and let us know. Um, what what is one of those challenges that is recurring? I'm sure that we'll get a bunch of different ones, but um, I would guess that diapering would be up there, as you said, because you know it is it goes to, it it speaks to the whole child because it's a social emotional connecting time, and so that's a piece that I think sometimes gets forgotten when you think about engaging the child while you're changing their diapers and, you know, it, you're missing an opportunity to connect there too. So right. not just one piece. And then you go through all the other steps of that procedure. I would think that that would be an easy one for people to kind of gloss over a few of those steps if they're in a hurry. As you said, providers change so many diapers a day over the course of a week. You know, what what is that step that's being missed most often? And then when that step's missed, that illness can go through a whole site too. And that's, yeah. you don't want that. And that is that opportunity really to have one-on-one time 
with that mm-hmm. child while you're changing the diapers. So that that's another thing with grabbing the health consultant and having them look at that because just, you know, little tips like giving everything all prepped and ready and out um, there yeah. because that way you're going to really be able to focus with the child. Like you said, that social emotional development time and interaction with the child. Um, yeah. If you've got all the supplies ready and you're organized. So there's, that's there's true. a lot to it. There more is a lot think, to more it. than you would think. Exactly. I agree. I agree. So as we look at, you know, training and education and how important that is, and you talked about the specific being one specific indicator when you have quality training and, and, and that ongoing support, you're going to see quality care follow in most cases, I would say. And what are some other things that are great benefits that really, that this topic really, you want to keep keep it at the forefront because it is so essential to prevent a lot of things. Right. Yeah. So some other overall benefits, there's many, um, a few that I can think of just off the top of my head. Um, one is unhappy employees. It's high turnover. Definitely. So staff, if you think about, you know, the general person, you know, caregivers and, or, People, staff that work in childcare, they are caregivers. And yes. typically they want to perform their jo- jobs well to feel a sense of pride in that. Yeah. So when there's that lack of training, staff don't understand how to do their jobs, which can lead to low morale, which can result in turnover. Sure. So what happens when you have a reputation for high turnover? Because that, you know, the word gets out and it shows. Yeah. Um, it's unattractive to other strong candidates that are looking to work in childcare if they hear that, and even to families looking for childcare if you've yeah. got people coming and going all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I can think of is OSHA. So OSHA stands for the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. It falls under the United States Department of Labor. But they state that untrained staff are more susceptible to injuries due to lacking the knowledge and skills required to perform their duties safely. So mm-hmm. staff need to receive training on policies and procedures to keep them safe, as well as the children in their care safe. So again, right. supervisors, they need to ensure all employees understand the policies and procedures and can demonstrate those properly and follow them. Mm-hmm. And then thirdly, it can actually end up leading in increased business expenses leading up to that um, expenses. So if you yeah. think about, you know, a company doesn't train their staff well, you can expect turnover. Um, You know, there's going to be staff changes, more illness, more injuries, even possible things like potential lawsuits. Right, right. So, and then lastly, I would say we, I already mentioned this um, with, you know, parents looking for childcare, but it could result in the potential loss of customers, families attending that childcare. So Untrained staff, they don't give the highest quality care, and that's huge. So if staff are lacking adequate knowledge and skills to provide the best care, this can result in dissatisfied parents, and the child care may experience declining enrollment um, Mm -hmm. if parents, you know, go to competitors down the street who can provide better quality. So, you know, the training, I guess, in a nutshell, training your staff and the ongoing continued training of staff, it takes time. Like I mentioned mm-hmm. before, it takes energy. Of course, it's a huge investment, but there are so many studies that show that it really pays off in so many positive ways in the end. So 
I can tell you from personal experience, I've seen it. I see it all the time when I go into childcare centers. Um, and you can really tell which programs put an emphasis on training their staff and in that continued development. And just getting everyone on the same page is just, it's, you know, that way all of those known and proven policies and procedures that you have written that are in place for a reason will be practiced. And you're just, it's like I mentioned before, it's, it sounds simple, but it really does yield better results. Definitely. Oh, what a great way to kind of wrap things up. That's a, that's so true, Sarah. And I think, you know, when we think about, I I loved what you said about equipping the staff to feel good about doing their job and giving them the information so they can be successful I mean, it's the same thing we do with young children. If you expect children to follow the rules and understand the routines, we've got to give them the information so that they can do it. And you can't just assume that you're going to, it's all going to flow unless you really set people up for success. And so this ongoing training, these rechecks, these um, letting your staff have a say in what they feel is necessary to be trained on, maybe a deeper training on one thing, maybe things that seem to be going well. You don't have to go so deep, but some of those things that tend to be recurring issues for a site, and I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, um, you know, we're out in childcare a lot too with our coaching and the sites that do invest in professional development that supports the growth and skill building of their teams, their staff's going to stick around because they feel supported. And we all know that that's so essential to feel supported, to know that your leadership cares about you and making mm-hmm. sure that you do the work. So thank you very much, Sarah Holly. I just want all of our listeners to know that, um, as I said in part one, we have a lot of other resources on health and safety and um, how that is you know, essential in a childcare setting relating to young children on our website at inclusivechildcare.org. We also have an ongoing partnership with Sarah, and so there's going to be more podcasts um, with her on just you know, all sorts of topics that uh, the sites that we are coaching in have brought to the forefront as needs that they would like to learn more about. So we appreciate your time, Sarah. We look forward to many more of these podcasts. Thanks for joining us and thank you for being here, listeners. Thanks, Priscilla. Take care. Thanks for listening. For more resources, visit us at inclusivechildcare.org.